0: About how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. You're a Knockout, a podcast for your inner badass. <laughs> What's up, Knockouts? It's your host, Rachel Wrist, coming back with episode two, and this is going to be the break in episode. <laughs> First of all, the response that I've gotten from this podcast so far is, like, honestly, I'm speechless. Like, I keep trying to find the words to um, express what the hell um, this means to me and just, like, how surprised I am, honestly, by um the feedback and how many people have like reached out to me it's been insane like i i'm obsessed with podcasts like i have been for a while and i've always thought that the idea of being like a guest star on someone's podcast would be so dope Um, but I don't know anyone that has a podcast or any of the ones that I really admire that are local. I can't imagine why they would ask me to be on them. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start my own and, um, just have my own little podcast and say whatever I want to say and have who I want on. And, um whatever and I just kind of had the same mentality as like my business like whatever if this goes nowhere like it goes nowhere but I'm gonna have fun with it in the meantime and like so many people are reaching out to me like telling me like how I inspired them and um a few of my friends are starting their own podcasts um that have been, like, kind of kicking that idea around for a while and then heard my podcast and now they're launching their own. Or other people that have theirs in the works have reached out to me to, like, share what their podcast is going to be about. And it's so cool, you guys. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. Like, you guys can do this shit. Like, if you know me personally, I'm all over the freaking place. Like, if I can start a business and chase my dreams and make shit a reality that I've been, like, dreaming of or, like, you know, kind of playing out in my head, like, you can totally do it. Like, I literally had been waiting to get, like, a new MacBook and, you know, a mic and have, like, all these, like, recording system, whatever. I needed a intro and cool music and sound effects and, like, I wanted everything to be, like, podcast that I listened to like straight out of the gate and it was finally just like who gives a shit I'm just gonna get an app on my phone I literally have like my shitty little headphones in that they give you with your iPhone um and I'm using like the little mic (laughs) on it like that's how I'm recording this right now in my living room you're probably gonna hear my rescue dog Tyson um go ape shit every once in a while but like it is what it is like (laughs) here we are but like literally that's how I'm starting this eventually I'm like you know my sister always says that done is better than perfect so like here we are like episode two still doing it from my living room Uh, my hair is wrapped up in a t-shirt right now like air drying well I guess t-shirt drying and yeah that's that's how we're doing this podcast and it'll get better with time but like literally don't be afraid to do this shit like if you want to do this if you want to do something just go for it like that's what I want to do is like for you guys to see like (laughs) what a train wreck I am (laughs) and if I can do it anyone can do it and as bad as it sounds you guys like this is gonna sound really bitchy but whatever like this podcast is just gonna be Totally raw and authentic, and I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. Before I started my business, I would see so many other businesses and, like, people that I've worked for in the past that were so dumb, you guys. Like, just straight up dumb. And I thought to myself, if they can run a business, I sure as hell can. And, like, that's the same thing. Like, I know I'm not dumb, but, like, if I can do it, you guys, you can do it. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, Google's your friend. Read business books, books you know, DM me, email me, hit me up. Like, let's be friends if you want advice or, you know, like tips. I don't know. I'm not a business guru. I have no idea what I'm doing, but like I can tell you how I've done things and what worked for me. And like, if anything, just be like your cheerleader on the sidelines because I want to see everyone around me succeed. Like, I love hearing these stories. You guys like keep telling me what you're doing. Like, I don't care if I just inspired you to bake a freaking cake last night. Like, tell me about it. I want to hear, like, what motivates you, what lights you up, and let's keep it rolling, dude. Like, you're a freaking knockout. You're a badass, and yeah. So (laughs) today's episode, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's funny because when I talk about the time that I had a home invasion, it's just become, like, a part of my life now that, like, when I say it in passing, people are like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What did you just say? Um, and I forget, like, that that's not something that happens to everyone. Um, so I had a ton of people hit me up, like, um, I'm going to need you to go in depth in this story. So today I'm going to talk to you about the time I woke in, I woke up to a... Um, Robber in my home. It was a super good time, you guys. Uh yes, yeah, so let's just dive right in. Um so if you listen to my last episode, <laughs> you know that and this is only at the tip of the iceberg, you guys, but I've had a crazy little life. And the more I dig into it and start talking and people like bring up like little stories that I've told them that they remind me of, I'm like, damn. I've had some crazy things happen. Um and this is definitely in the top five craziest things that's happened to me. Uh, So if you listened to the last episode, you know that, like, I had left my first business, started working in logistics, which was an absolute nightmare. Uh, I lost my dad to lung cancer. Then I had someone breaking into my home, and then I lost my job. So I think in the last episode, the chronological order is a little bit screwed up, but it literally all happened in such a short time, like boom, 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 that I kind of forget sometimes because I was just grief-stricken and traumatized by everything that was going on. So yeah, I had someone break into my home, and then I lost my job and wasn't sure if I could keep my home. So yeah, yeah. Super awesome time for Rachel. Um, So, yeah, the home invasion. So my dad had just passed away and we were right into a new year. So, you know, start of the new year, you're like kind of feeling hopeful. So I'm like, you know what? It's a new year. Um, I'm going to make the most of what's going on. you know, we had just finished the holidays. um, So my tree was still up. And I had presents around it still. Most of them were put away, but there was like a lot of gift bags and stuff just because like I'm one of those people that I leave my tree up well into January because for me it's still like the holiday season after New Year and like it takes a lot of work to put up a Christmas tree. So like I'm going to leave it up and it looks cute in here with the lights out and when I'm watching movies, it's really like relaxing. So I leave that up. Um. So yeah, I still had my tree up. And, um, the, where I put my tree is, so basically I have like a big back deck. I live on the second floor of, um, my apartment building and, um, there's just, it's not like sliding glass doors. It's just like a door, just like you would have on your front door where you just like turn the knob, open it up. Um, so I always have my tree like right in front of that door. Cause Just the way my apartment's set up, it's, like, that back wall is all, like, windows and that door. So, um, it just so happened that, um, the morning of my break-in, I had, um, my floors in my kitchen replaced. So it was, like, this old shitty linoleum that was, like, coming up on the floor. And my apartment complex was coming in to put, like, these new floors in, um... And at the time, I was still working at the Hellhole 3PL. (laughs) But the nice thing was is that it was just right around the corner from my apartment. So I would come home on my lunch break to eat and watch cops. (laughs) Don't judge me. I strategically planned my lunch breaks around watching cops. So (laughs) um, they had asked me if it was okay for them to, like, give the um, contractors or whatever you call them – like a key to my apartment to get in um, because I would be at work and I couldn't take any time off work because I had just missed a shit ton of work after like my dad's passing. So um, they had to come in when I wasn't there. So I came home on my lunch break. The floors were done. It looked great. I did notice a couple of strange things, though. So the first thing that I noticed is They had told me before the contractors came that I needed to move basically everything that was in my kitchen out, like if I had a trash can, rug, whatever, just to get everything out of their way. Um, And in doing so, I actually moved everything like kind of into my dining room, like more into my living room to make sure like there's like a little tiny hall right outside my kitchen. So I'm like, if they need to put any like bullshit there, they can and it's not going to be in their way at all, like with my stuff. So moved everything well out of their way. Um, So when I came home to watch Cops, I noticed that my trash can was like put right in front of my TV and that some other things were like pushed more into my living room that didn't need to be. And I thought that was kind of weird, but I was like, you know, whatever, like maybe they had more stuff than I had thought that they would. I don't know. This becomes important later, I think. (laughs) It's important to me, I guess. So anyways, I go back to work you know business as usual whatever um and then i came home from work later and um it was a friday because i remember i was super excited because my best friend mandy who i mentioned in my last podcast um she's married she didn't have her her son yet but um she was married and One of those things is when all your friends are like married and whatever like you don't get to see them as much so i was like especially excited to have an actual girls night out with my best friend the next day she was going out with um some of the girls from the salon that she was working at um, at the time and they were all gonna go out we were gonna go to what were we gonna do we were gonna go to like some super fun gay bar where they do like karaoke and it's so neat in there i forget what it's called But I was psyched. So I was like, oh my God, Girls Night, Gay Bar, Karaoke, sign me up. If you know me, you know I am a freaking sucker for karaoke. I will never say no. Sign me up. (laughs) My go-to song, by the way, is Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. And it's pretty unbelievable. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Anyway, I was really, really excited about it. But the thing was, is I really wasn't feeling well. I started to feel kind of shitty. So... I decided to take a long, hot shower. I did a hair mask. I did a face mask. Um, I, like, was so excited. So I was just doing, like, a home, like, self-care thing to, like, really make me feel better. And then I decided to pop some NyQuil Severe, which hopefully my friend Danny's listening because he knows that shit makes me time travel. I once showed up to work, like, I think when I was working in logistics, I was supposed to be there at like 8 a.m. I rolled in at 1030 a.m. because I had overslept and I slept so hard that I woke up thinking it was the weekend and woke up to like the sun hitting my face. And that's how I woke up because I had overslept through my alarms. I didn't even hear them because I was basically dead instead of just like a deep sleep. Um, And it was funny because I remember like checking my emails in a panic and checking my phone to see if anyone had even noticed and no one did. Um, (laughs) So that was cool. I rolled in the work super late and didn't get in trouble for it. But NyQuil severe is like or NyQuil in general is one of those things I literally cannot take unless I know the next day I can absolutely sleep in. I don't have to be anywhere because that just knocks me out. I won't know what day it is, where I'm at, how I got there, whatever. So anyway, I decided to take that. And um, I remember like watching a movie on my couch, which is right in front of like the Christmas tree and the door that I was telling you about. Again, I'm on the second floor. Uh, My balcony is more of like a deck. Um, There's no like balcony straight underneath it. It's just like some beam. So I've always felt like really safe because it's like high up. And I specifically requested by the way, to be on the second floor when I moved into this building, um, uh, because of my fear of having a home invasion. Cause it actually had happened to my parents. Um, when my mom was pregnant with my sister, um, that's a fun story too. Maybe I'll tell that one. I'll tell that one at the end of this one. Cause that's a, that's a great story. Anyways, I promise all of this is gonna come together later. Um, so anyway, I started. I took the Nyquil severe, and then I started kind of falling asleep on my couch, and it was probably like around three a.m. And I was finally like, okay, I need to move this to to my bed, so I can get a good night's sleep. And I left my purse out here, which is um, something like something I adopted from my mom. I don't really know why or how or when, but I would always bring my purse to bed and I still do. Um, especially now, but anyway, I was so tired that I left my purse out in the living room and I didn't check my back door. So I used to like, I'm always just like, even before this happened, I've always been like really like safety conscious. Um, so cause I used to date a cop years ago And he just made me like aware of things like even before this happened, like when I'd come home from like a night out or something or just come home from work, I would always like check my door first before I unlocked it and came inside just to make sure no one had been there when I was gone. I don't really know why I've always been like that, but I have. So um, I always check my doors and everything before bed and make sure my windows are locked, too, even though I never open them. But just in case, better safe than sorry. So, like, left my purse out in the living room, just glanced at my back door um, just to make sure it was locked. But that's something that will literally drive me crazy and just, oh, just, like, haunt me for the rest of my life. Because, like I said, my Christmas tree was in front of that back door. So... As I glanced at the Christmas tree, I couldn't see if it was locked or not. But I just assumed that it was because it was January. I wasn't going out to my balcony hanging out. Um, No one had been out there. I mean, they were fixing my floors. There would have been no reason for them to be on my balcony. So I assumed no one's been out there. Um, Spoiler alert. We think that the people that um, broke in or that the guy broke in was one of the contractors. Um, So I'll, I'll get more into that later. But yeah, so... Yeah, I'll never know if that door was unlocked or not, or if they had maybe made a key um, or kept the key. And that's how they got back in later. Um, This will make more sense later. But yeah, a funny side note, though. And this will well, it may make you laugh later. It made me laugh. Um, One of the funny things about this scenario. And there are a couple funny things that did happen. In retrospect, they're funny. So I I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mario Badescu. It's a really good skincare line. This is not an ad. I wish it was. I wish that they would sponsor me. Um, What's up, Mario? If you need a sponsor. <laughs> if you need someone to sponsor. Anyway, they have this stuff. And I really don't know how to describe it. But it's basically a spot treatment for acne. So it's like this little pink solution that's really thick. And you basically stick a Q-tip in there and then just like put a little dot on each spot that you have. Like if you feel like you're about to have a breakout or like if you have a breakout and it's supposed to work overnight, but this stuff is like so thick you guys. And it's like, it's straight up pink. Um, So I covered myself in that before bed because I'm extra. And if I feel even like the slightest little thing, like about to break out on my skin, like I'm just going to cover my face. So <laughs> just remember this for later. Um, so yeah, so I go to bed and, um, I remember just having like the worst nightmare ever. Um, cause another thing that happens with like any sort of NyQuil, um, I will just have like the weirdest dreams and usually like really bad dreams. So another thing that had happened when they replaced my floors before I go on, um, because this is important. Um, They had kind of moved my dishwasher out of place. Like as they were doing the floors, I remember coming in and seeing that my um, dishwasher was like a little like kind of like shifted and a little like out from the counter than it typically was. And I tried to like shimmy it back in myself and it wasn't working. So I had like called maintenance to um, come back and like help me get that dishwasher back in place. And uh, obviously they didn't come back that day because it wasn't urgent. So anyway, I wake up in the middle of the night, so at this point, it's probably like around 5 a.m., and I remember just having one of those dreams that like is so freaking scary. I woke up, and I was in like a cold sweat, just drenched in sweat, heart beating a million miles a minute. Um, I had been dreaming that someone had broken into my house, like broken into my apartment, And it was so scary and so real. Um, And I'm just like sitting there and like, especially when you live alone, like you like all the things like it's one of the things that sucks about living alone, because if there's like a bad storm, you're by yourself. Like if you have a really scary nightmare, there's no one there to tell you like, hey, it's just a dream. It's okay," Um, And there's no one there also to kill spiders, which really sucks um, <laughs> Sorry Alicia If my friend's listening she's going to be really upset To know that I kill spiders on occasion But they're big and hairy and scary And like I'm just not about that life So I'm sorry <laughs> There is one that's living on my porch right now And he's like right by the handle of my door And I'm letting him live just for you Alicia but just know that I'm not Happy about it and every time That I open the door and he moves I scream And run inside so <laughs> I'm trying But anyway, so I remember waking up from this dream and I'm just sitting up and I'm just like trying to catch my breath like it's okay, It's just a dream. Oh, like just trying to get myself together. And the second that I finally have just calmed myself a little bit, I glanced to the right just in time to see this big man all in black and a black ski mask walking down my hall. And like I said, when I take any sort of NyQuil, excuse me. I have like, like I I have like a sense of like I don't know what the hell is going on. Like I couldn't tell you what time it is, where I am, whatever. Like I'm just completely disoriented. So I'm trying to like, think like holy shit. Like how long have I been sleeping? Is my first thought like oh that must be maintenance. Like maintenance is coming back to fix the dishwasher. How long did I sleep? Did I let them in? Like I was so confused, and I'm just like watching this guy, like in my hall closet. And I remember thinking, that's weird. Why is he in my closet? Like, all these thoughts are running through your head, like, so fast. And then I remember thinking, like, wait, if that's maintenance, how did they get in? Like, obviously, they can get in with a key, um, like, but then I have a deadbolt, right? So it's just like, I'm like, wait, when I'm here, there's a deadbolt on the door. Like, how did they get in? And then I realized, holy shit, that's not maintenance. And the second that I had that thought like he came walking into my bedroom and I remember him just stopping at the foot of my bed. And by that time I had already called 911, um, which looking back, like I can't believe how quick I acted because I was just frozen by fear. Like just, oh my God, just paralyzed by fear. And, um, but like my biggest thing, and like, if you know me, you know, I love true crime. Like I love true crime podcasts. I'm a sucker for any, like true crime documentary or series and I probably know a little bit too much about like infamous murders and serial killers I promise you I'm not a psychopath I'm just like really fascinated that there are monsters out there that are capable of the things that they're doing um and it's just like fascinating to me and just like A guilty pleasure, I guess, but like my irrational fear because of that is being a cold case, like becoming a cold case and like ending up on one of those podcasts is like my biggest fear. Um, And I guess honestly, after having lived through this, it's maybe not too irrational of a thought. Um, But anyway, that was like the first thing that I thought of, which is like, holy shit, I can't be a cold case. Like, I need someone to know. Like, I was so sure that I was like something was going to happen to me in that moment that I was like, okay, like I have to at least try and get help or at least let someone know. Like, I don't want my family to not know what happened. Like, I don't want it to be a story like, oh, yeah. So observing the crime scene, it looks like Rachel did a hair mask Uh, covered herself in acne cream, and that's the last we know of her whereabouts. Like, I did not want that to be my story, Um, even though ultimately that probably would have been my story because, spoiler alert, this guy was never caught, so no one would have known, like, who the hell killed me or abducted me or whatever anyway. So, but anyway, it was worth a shot. So at this point, like, I am under the covers with, like, just my eyes like peeking from the covers like I had my sheets like just over my nose like whispering to the operator um and the creepiest thing you guys is that like he's looking at me and he sees that I'm awake and like it's dark in my room so like I can't see uh what he really looks like I could just kind of tell you his build and I know that he was big um he was probably like 6'3". 6'2 or 6'3 if I had to guess I mean I'm really short so everyone is just like a freaking giant compared to me um but I would guess that he was probably like 6'2 or 6'3 he was just big boy and um I couldn't tell you like I couldn't get a description of his eyes but I could just tell that he was looking at me And then he just slowly walked out of my bedroom. Like he saw that I was awake and then just slowly walked away. Like almost like Michael Myers in the movies. Like he never runs. You know, he just walks after his victims and you think they're going to get away and they never do. Like somehow he always ends up just getting them. Um, That's what it was like. And I never heard him leave. So this whole time I'm thinking that he's in my apartment and I'm thinking, oh, great. Now he knows I'm awake. He probably assumes that I'm calling for help and he's for sure going to kill me. Like on on like a serious note like i legitimately thought that i was going to die like that he was going to kill me rape me one of the two at least and like this was going to be the end and uh i just remember like telling like the operator like are the cops on the way or are they on their way and they got there within minutes i'm sure like they got there so fast but when you're in that moment every second feels like an hour um and i just remember telling her like he's in the other room like I didn't hear him leave like I think he's still in here he's gonna kill me like I'm not like they need to hurry and they need to hurry like I know he's gonna kill me and um she was just obviously doing her job and trying to keep me calm and I remember her saying like they're almost there and just like the relief that washed over me but then I was like wait how are the cops getting in and she's like what do you mean and I'm like well how are they getting in like she's like well they're gonna come through your front door and I'm like but there's a deadbolt and she's like, okay, well, you're going to need to let them in. And I'm like, no, no, no. They're going to need to knock the door down. What do you mean I'm going to let them in? Because this whole time, I'm picturing him in my living room, which if you were in my living room and I walked out of my bedroom, it's kind of like he could, it's hard to describe, but he could basically grab me from behind. Like I'm picturing him just waiting for me and then this turning into a hostage sh- a hostage situation and I'm like there's no freaking way I am going to the front door like he's still in here and that's what I kept telling her like there's no way like they just need to knock down the door like just bust in do some SWAT shit (laughs) like just break in and she's like no and then she's like they're here like I'm like tell them tell me when they're right outside my door and she's like they're here and so She's like, I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, they're all like all these officers are right outside their door, right outside your door right now. They're waiting for you to let them in. So I just sprinted to the front door and just threw open the door. And there was probably like nine officers that just ran in here, guns drawn. There was a canine officer. So the dog's in here, too. And I just collapsed on my front porch and just was hysterical hysterical because I don't know how I don't know how I held it together like I look back and I am kind of amazed by how I was able to be so clear and concise on the phone when I was so fucking scared like so scared just like paralyzed anything that you think that you're gonna do in that situation by the way just forget it because like Oh my God. Like I was just frozen with fear. just like straight up paralyzed. And then like, you're holding it together just because I was so determined to not be a mystery. Like, I'm like, Oh my God. Like if I die right now, I need my mom to know that. Like, like what, what happened or at least have some sort of sense of what was going on. Like that was so important to me to just get through that call and not be a mystery. Um, so that when they were finally there, I just lost my shit. Like I just fell apart. And, um, Like, they came in and cleared all the rooms, and um, he was gone. And uh, I just remember, so it's like, trauma is a funny thing. Because even when you're going through something, and I was clearly in shock. Like, I saw this guy with my eyes, like my own very eyes. I saw it all playing out, but I was still like in disbelief that this happened. Like, surely this didn't just happen to me kind of thing. So I walked in when when all was clear, I walked in with the officers and saw my place. And then it was like, wow, this really, really happened. Like my apartment was just torn apart, like anything like I have this little trunk that just holds like throw blankets. If like I have company that was everywhere, like my vinyl cabinet, like my records were thrown everywhere. They'd gone through that. They'd even gone through my movies, like under my TV, Um, my couch cushions removed, which (laughs) that's kind of a hilarious thing because I had recently been drugged to a pure romance party. Which, full disclosure, those things are the worst. Don't ever invite me. (laughs) Like, they're so bad. I hate them. I won't come. I'm just going to be really blunt with you now and just say, I'm not coming because I don't want to. Like, don't invite me to those things. So there was like a little rubber penis. Um, That was probably it looked like the size of like a pencil eraser that was in my couch cushion from a game um, that we had played. And it was like a a little like like almost like a board game piece, but it was like a tiny purple penis that was in my (laughs) couch cushion. And um, oh, because he had gone through my closet and I guess found the bag from like the party, which had like like, a playing card with, like, a naked guy, like, a naked stripper or something on it, too, which was from a game. So, like, he was searching through this bag thinking he found something. He just found, like, a little tiny dick and <laughs> a naked man playing card. I forgot all about that because I was like, oh, wow, well, this is cool because the cops, like, found it, too, which was, like, super neat. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that is mine because he's like, what are these? You know, they're thinking he's some, like, crazy, like, sex fiend that, like, broke in with, like, a like a naked playing card and a tiny dick. And I'm just like, no, actually, officer, that's mine. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. So they're like going through all the things. to like, yeah, everything was everywhere. Like, I didn't even know where that came from, you know, and like somehow this guy managed to find it in such a quick time, um, quick amount of time. So that's actually really funny shit. I forgot about that. So anyway, like you come in, though, and then you realize that everything that had happened, like really happened. And you're like, holy shit, like this just happened to me. Like, what the hell? And then I look and like underneath my Christmas tree, like I like I said, there was still like gift bags and things and most of it was put away. But like. Um, this was actually like the first holiday since my dad had passed away. And so my sister had gotten, um, my mom and I some really sentimental gifts that were like made out of his t-shirts and like old shirts and, um, some stuff that was engraved with his writing and whatever. So I just like freaked out, like, you know, all these cops are in here like dusting for fingerprints and looking for evidence and I'm freaking the hell out because I know I can't touch anything but I'm like oh my god oh my god did he destroy any of those things did he steal any of those things and I told them like my dad just died like I need I know that I can't touch any of these things but can you check and see if these things are gone and like (laughs) I could cry just thinking about that moment because you're already feeling so fucking violated Um, like someone's just been in here and destroyed stuff and Took a bunch of stuff and not to mention, like robbed you of your sense of security um, along with other things. And then also thinking like his grimy hands have been on things that like used to be my dad's or like something so special. And like, luckily, they checked and like all that stuff was still there and hadn't been like destroyed or anything like that. So thank God that was spared. That's all I cared about in that moment. And um, <laughs> but something else that's funny that happened Uh, as he's going through these gifts, so my sister and I have, like, a really warped sense of humor, and we have this thing, so you guys are probably familiar with the tradition of the wish, the wishbone at Thanksgiving. Well, my sister and I have been doing this since we were kids, and it's always between me and my sister, and, um, but... It's rarely done around the holidays. We forget about this thing all the time. So and like for years and years, I was like the reigning champ. And then my sister somehow got on this winning streak for years. And um, like we always forget about this. It's so funny. Like literally this past year, we ended up doing it on um, like we did the wishbone on my mom's birthday, which is in May, <laughs> which is clearly like so far from the holidays Um And so, anyway, one of the things that my sister had gifted me this particular Christmas was her winning end of the wishbone. And she put it in this tiny little box that, like, you would typically get, like, a piece of jewelry in. (laughs) And she, like, wrapped it up in that. So, like, as the officers are going through and, like, looking and, like, we're assessing, like, what's been stolen, what's missing, whatever, they see this little bone on the ground and they're like freaked out by it obviously because they're like what the fuck is this little bone doing <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just imagine this stupid robber like opening up what he thinks is going to be like a jackpot like there's going to be a ring or a bracelet or some sort of like expensive jewelry and then he opens it up and it's like a side of the wishbone <laughs> And what makes it even better is like the officers are like, okay, and like obviously at the time I'm not laughing at any of this, but like looking back now, like you have to find humor in this shit or you'll just drive yourself crazy. So I remember them being like, is like, do you have any like, do you need this? And they're obviously trying to be professional, like okay, here's this wishbone. We need to take this for evidence to dust for fingerprints because at this point they can't get a a print off of anything. So they're like, we're going to have to actually take this to like a lab and like try and get shit off of this and the box. So like my sister's little gag gift ends up being like (laughs) this like big piece of evidence in this like crime that they're trying to get a print off of. And I just thought that that was like looking back now, that's the most hilarious thing. And, like, I would just wish I knew what that guy thought. He probably wasn't thinking anything, but, like, just the the disappointment he must have felt of thinking he was just going to find something really um, valuable, and it was just a nasty turkey bone. <laughs> oh, you can't make this shit up, you guys. Like, my life, you know, it's just, there's some just weird shit, man. But, anyway, so all this is going on, and... um. Uh, so like they're assessing everything and like, so the craziest thing about this too, one of the craziest things is that this was like a really rainy day, like a really rainy night, just like monsoon essentially. And, um, the people that live below me, um, had dogs and like having dogs, like on like a little, um, like piece of, you know, their porch or whatever you would call theirs downstairs like their little patio like that was really torn up for having the dog so it would get muddy down there really really quick so these officers and the canine that are investigating in the woods and like looking for any trace of how this guy got in or what happened um they're covered in mud and they have obviously like covers on their shoes when they're in here so they don't mess up any like prints or anything that could be here um and they're just covered in mud and like they're like This is the cleanest robbery or break in that we've ever seen. There was no forced entry. So like no broken window, no uh, attempt to like break in the door that they could find, which is why we thought that it could have been the contractors making a copy of a key or maybe they left the door unlocked. And um, I just didn't notice because my tree was in the way, which will just bother me until the end of time, like I said. Um, And then maybe they were just hopeful that the tree would just block and I wouldn't like block the lock and i wouldn't look and see which i didn't obviously so we'll never know but they're just like okay no forced entry there's no prints there's no mud there's no dirt like how are these officers completely covered and um there's no trace of like this dude even being in here uh and they're like this is like a really clean robbery like this guy must be like a professional and do this all the time also another funny thing about this is that um my neighbors at the time that lived next to me the next day I ran into them and told them what had happened. And they're like, Oh no shit. Like our dog was going crazy last night. And like, we just kept telling the dog to be quiet. Like, we thought that you were having sex. <laughs> I was like, really? I wish that had been the case. That would have been a hell of a lot more fun than what I was actually going through. So basically, like, they had heard that guy, like, climbing up on my balcony or however the hell that he got in here. Like, they heard it. And um, the dog knew what was going on. And, like, they thought that I was having sex. And I'm like, well, sorry, gang. Um, That's not what was happening. But that would have been cool. Um, yeah, so anyways, we're going through this, like, whole thing, and then, um, this, like, lead detective, I guess, shows up, and then shit gets real interesting with that. Alright, so up until this point in my life, I had never heard, like, really anything about police officers or had, like, a bad run-in with them at all. Um, I know, obviously... The time that we're in right now, the climate that we're living in, that is obviously not the case. Um, but I had always grown up in a neighborhood that had like a ton of police officers that were just great people, great family men. And then like I obviously dated one. So like my experience up until this point was only ever positive. Um so, anyways, this detective, I guess like this lead detective shows up and you know, I'm telling my story over for like the 90th time. Um, because I had had to explain it to all these, like the, you know, person on the 911 call. Then I had to explain it to a bunch of different officers and then other officers would show up and then I'd have to explain it to them and they'd ask me more questions. And then this detective shows up and I'm telling it all over again. And at this point it's like six in the morning and I'm just fucking exhausted. All I want to do is talk to my mom and I can't, like, I haven't been able to get in contact with anyone close to me to even come over or be there. And I'm just like terrified. And all I want to do is just you know, hug my mom or like, get out of there. So anyway, this officer, I'm, um, you know, detective, whatever. I'm like, by the way, at this point, every time I say whatever, you should take a shot or take a drink because I'm realizing that I say this a lot. So as I'm saying this and it's super annoying, you should just probably just get drunk, <laughs> like at least have a good time with me saying whatever every five seconds. Um, so anyways, I'm talking to this detective and he we're at my dining room table and he notices the NyQuil severe, and he says to me, like, are you sure that you just weren't sleepwalking? Like that you didn't just come up with all of this? Like, you know, you didn't just do this yourself. And like, I wish I had like the ability to show you pictures of what my apartment looked like through this podcast, because it was a disaster. And I'm like. Saying to him I mean at this point if I was sleepwalking shouldn't you have found like pillows in the oven or like you know the amount of officers that are in here and a canine like wouldn't they have sniffed out my missing debit card and credit cards and gift cards and money like that would have been sick like hey officer if I'm just sleepwalking like look in the toaster my debit cards there like that'd be pretty cool (laughs) like what the hell like obviously I didn't do this myself so I'll never forget what he said to me. Um, (laughs) The next thing he says is, like I said, my balcony is basically a deck. There's just like these little beams on the side. Like it's not set up like a balcony where you can, you know, hop from the bottom one to the middle one to the top one and kind of climb up it like a ladder. Like it wasn't an easy thing to climb. And obviously, because the detective looks at me and says, quote unquote, well, he must have been fucking Spider-Man to get in here. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He must have been Spider-Man because I specifically requested to be in this apartment because I felt so safe that nobody and so confident that nobody would be able to shimmy up this balcony. So like, yeah, I guess um, Spider-Man is out like creating crimes now. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want me to say to that? And he just like kept asking he was like, well, how he just kept asking over and over. Well, how do you think he got in here then? How do you think he got in here then? With just such an attitude. And I just started being so bitchy to him because I'm like, I don't. No, I don't know. Like, obviously my back balcony because none of the windows are broken. There's no forced entry. Um, He obviously didn't come through my front door because I had to let you guys in my front door. Like, I don't know. The only logical explanation, unless he's in the secret world of Alex Mack, shout out to my 90s kids, if you remember that show where she'd turn into like a puddle looking like a straight up Capri Sun and she'd slide under doors and stuff. I'm like, unless she's... Unless it was Alex Mack in my door, like, all of a sudden she's, like, back and just deciding to rob people. Um, I don't know how he got in other than the balcony. So, um, you know, whatever. Take a drink. (laughs) Um, We're going around and around with this. And then finally he says to me, well, the only way that we'll even know that this happened or I'll believe that this happened is... Um, if your bank card gets some like charges put on it and I'm like, okay, whatever he leaves, take a shot or a drink. (laughs) Are you drunk yet? (laughs) I know we just started this game like two seconds ago, but I've already said it probably 85,000 times, but, um, so the detective leaves and then these cops are still kind of hanging around. And, um, this one specifically we're still, um in touch he checks on in on me all the time like if there's any weird things that happen I can call him he patrols through this area still and um like always just kind of keeps an eye on me which is really nice so um I wanted to pack up some clothes and head to my mom so a couple of them stuck around to like make sure I got to my car safe and I was just like obviously super shaken up and they stayed and like apologized on the behalf of that detective like I'm sorry he's like such a dick like that wasn't right and they were kind of explaining like obviously when we see like something like NyQuil or something like that out and like obviously like drugs are like a huge problem now that like when you come to scenes like these people could be like on drugs and like hallucinating and whatever and you know we have to like assess that and I'm like you know what I get that but I would think that it was like you know Within two minutes, you could recognize the fact that I was actually just in shock and an actual victim and not on drugs, but, you know, whatever. Um, Also, I forgot to mention that pimple cream that I told you I had applied to my entire face before bed. Um, (laughs) I mean, sorry, not sorry, but, like, all these officers, there were so many fine-ass officers that showed up to my apartment to come to my rescue okay, And I know, and my mom's probably just shaking her head right now, like, whatever, sue me. I was in a traumatic event, but, like, I'm still going to recognize that there's some, like, super sexy men in uniform in my apartment, just, like, saving the day, okay? Okay. And then as we're assessing things that were missing, I stepped into my bathroom and realized that this pimple cream was still all over my face. (laughs) Oh my God, how embarrassing. So like these guys are in my apartment and I'm wrapped in nothing but a Blackhawks robe. My favorite hockey team, by the way. So I am like naked underneath this robe. I have this robe on and like covered in pimple cream. So I used my tears to quickly rinse away Any of the residue that was on my face because I was just like, I can't believe I'm like having a serious conversation. And like, God bless them for being able to keep a straight face talking to me with the way that I looked because, oh, my God. And then also hysterical. No wonder they like thought that I was on drugs or like impaired. So anyway, yeah, that was really great. Um, So i left and like went to my mom's after that like they were really sweet and like apologized to the detective or about the uh, detective and everything and he actually like later on as we like started investigating like this whole thing because um like i had to go to the station and like have them like swab my cheek for dna and then they had like um that flooring company like all those guys and the contractors and like people from my apartment complex had to come in and do the same thing to like try and match like dna match on different things that they had collected um and that detective ended up really apologizing to me a lot um which i mean hey at least he can admit that he was wrong but he apologized to me for all of that shit and for the way he made me feel um which was funny so like a couple hours later i'm at my mom's and i um checked my bank account and sure shit um that guy had used my bank card. So I got to call that detective and I was like, ring, ring. (laughs) Uh, Hi, so Spider-Man used my bank card. (laughs) That's exactly what I said to him. Like, hey, you're going to be a dick. I'm going to be a bitch. So I said that to him. And luckily, which his ideal scenario was that they would use it at a um, gas station because of all the surveillance and that hopefully we'd be able to like see them get some sort of surveillance identify a plate or something and find this guy um unfortunately my apartment complex decided to botch the entire investigation so basically they just tried to like cover their whole ass and um not just half of their ass their whole ass um, because there was things that they had done that i guess like they thought maybe would get them in trouble or like piss me off so Basically, the first thing, like I said, um, was they had asked me if it was okay to give a key to the contractors to get in here while I was away at work. And I said yes. So then they decided to tell the police officers that they don't do that, that they have maintenance come and let the flooring people in and basically stay there the whole time. And like they're never left alone and like they're let in and whatever, so that was a lie because the first thing i had asked them um when i called them to let them know what was happening um was did you guys get the key back because there obviously wasn't forced entry so i'm like when they were done with my floors did you get the key back and what they said to me was um i'm sure that we did but i'll check when i get into the office because they weren't open yet um and so like obviously they had given them a key it wasn't the maintenance guy like letting them in um and then the next thing was that like the police department thought that like apparently my apartment complex at the time had like a sister complex on the other side of town and similar things had kind of been going on, um, with like, after like flooring had been done or like these contractors had been there. Basically there was some shady shit going on that they thought might be connected. And the maintenance guys screwed that up because when they showed them, um, basically like a lineup of people and wanted to identify them to identify who they let into my apartment that day they decided to pick who quote-unquote was someone who just looked shady um and then it came out later that they actually weren't sure if that was the guy at all that they just thought that that guy was shady looking so they picked him so the entire investigation was wasted focusing on people who you know, were just picked based on the way that they looked and not on anything substantial. So um, basically, long story short, very long story short, um, they never caught that guy. And actually, like a year later, it was almost a year to the day um, I was coming home from a night out and I live on a dead end, which was another thing that I thought would be safe because I was like, oh, cool, like everyone that comes down this road is basically visiting someone or coming home. Um, it's not like a lot of drive by traffic and stuff. So I thought that that was another um, ideal thing. But it turns out not so much um, because I rolled up and I couldn't even get down my street and um, all the lights. So something I learned from my ex-boyfriend is that like cops will come like if there's like a domestic violence or like a robbery or something like that, they don't come up your street with like their lights on like they show up stealth mode because they're not trying to spook whatever's going on or call attention to what's going on so when I came home and all the lights were off and I could hear a canine barking I was like whoa, this looks all too familiar and then next thing you know I'm being a little uh (laughs) little nosy neighbor looking out the front window and then I guess the cops saw like the silhouette of me trying to be stealth but it wasn't it like came over and asked me if I saw anything and they couldn't give me like details of what was going on but basically the same thing had happened like someone had broken into someone's apartment and uh, they couldn't catch them and it was just all too familiar and it was literally the building right next to me so I was like oh neat that's awesome um but yeah so I after that I had um lived at my mom's for a couple of months and yeah, I still live in the same place that this all went down. Um, Years later, I'm still here. And I know a lot of you probably think I'm super crazy. A lot of my friends think I'm crazy. The first time people come over to my apartment and hang out, like that's the first thing that they usually say is, holy shit, is this where this happened? And they want to know the story. And they're like, oh my God, you live here still. And I'm like, yeah. And the reason is, is like you have to remember like Um, so I, PTSD is a real thing for sure. Um, if you ever thought maybe it wasn't, it sure is. And it's not just like people coming back from war. Like you go through a traumatic event and you're going to have some like lasting effects from that. Like I still deal with a lot of that shit, like years later, because it's been like four years. And like, I still am realizing little things that like still trigger me. Like I remember that weekend, I tried to go out like everything was normal, my stubborn ass, like not wanting to, like, you know, recognize that something traumatic had just happened to me. I just wanted to push forward. And uh, I decided to go to the mall for makeup. And I remember being in the parking lot just walking in and like someone shutting their car door and I'd jump like a thousand feet and then I remember like being on an escalator leaving the mall and this like big guy got on the escalator right after me and I remember just like feeling like electricity had just coursed through my whole body like that just like oh that just like sense of like just being really scared and I remember thinking like I just need to go home like I am just like way too jumpy and scared and um I remember after that like I lived with my mom for a while, and I, um, decided against, like, probably what she wanted and anyone in my family wanted, um, I went and decided that I was gonna, before I went home, I was gonna get a gun before I went home. I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna live alone like that, and, like, I know that's, like, a controversial thing, like, people all have their views, but, like, look, listen, um, Even though I've been boxing for, like, majority of my life and feel pretty good about, like, self-defense, I realized very quickly in that moment with as big as that guy was that there was no lamp that I could grab that would help save me. It might, like, you know, deter him for a second or, you know, do something to just, like, give me, like, a free second to try and get away, but there was no way. Like, I realized how small and vulnerable and just, like, defenseless I was in that moment and it's just like I never thought that I'd be a gun owner but you know what Um, you got to there's no price on your peace of mind and your sense of safety so like you got to do what you got to do whether that be you going out and getting a ball bat and keeping that by your bed like hey that's what we grew up with like my dad um, that's what he had he had like ball bats all around the house And that's fine. Like, if you feel good with that, cool. But, like, for me, I was just like, okay, that's the next step before I move back home. And so I started looking into um, some classes because, like, that's just the thing when you grow up in a small town. Like, when I was in high school and, like, junior high and high school, I was, like, riding quads, dirt bikes, shooting guns. Like, that's what you do in a small town. Like, that's just how it is. Like, it's kind of country. And I loved that. Uh, Like I said, I'm a tomboy. So that was, like, fun to me actually didn 't realize how like like weird that was for girls, I guess, until I started going to cosmetology school and like everyone looked at me like I had seven heads when I told them that I liked dirt bikes and shooting guns um, <laughs> so yeah uh that's fun um so yeah i but i the, the thing is is like when I would shoot guns like I was using like a firearm from a gun owner that knew how to like clean it and like load it and do all the things. And so like, I just had to like aim and shoot. And so like, I was like, okay, before I get my own, I want to make sure I know gun safety in and out. I want to know what happens if it jams up. I want to know how to clean it. I want to know how to take it all apart. I want to know every little working moving part on it and why it works and how and you know, everything about it. Um, And so I found this guy who was, um, like a local guy that like taught self-defense and then also would um, he ran like CCW classes which is like getting your concealed carry and he like even does like these tactical classes I don't know if he still does I forget his name I'd have to look him up but where you could do like learn how to do more like tactical classes like shooting with one hand and just like crazy shit i don't know i forget everything that he did but he was trying to get me into it because i actually am like really i'm a good shot you guys your girl can shoot um and he's in uh he's he might be a veteran now but at the time he was still like active duty military he was just a badass dude and just so down the earth and cool and um he met me at a range and brought me like three different firearms to try like i think one was like a glock 19 another one was like a smith and wesson another one was like I don't even know, but I hated that gun that like had like the hardest kickback ever. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot this and just like knock my teeth out. Let's not let's not shoot this one. Um, But it was really cool, too, because he brought his wife with him and he was just like, yeah, I didn't want you to be scared, like come into a range meeting a guy, especially after what you've been through and like shooting guns and not knowing who he is. So he brought his wife so I'd feel more comfortable. And what was and because he was like and because like when I get like deployed and when I'm like gone I need to make sure that she's still like getting her target practice in anyway so like what was awesome is I outshot her and nothing against her obviously but it was just like a real confidence like empowering like moment like holy shit like I'm a really good shot like come on back burglar (laughs) you don't want none of this like I just felt so good um and then I decided what firearm I liked because then I wanted to go buy I went and got a glock And um, I guess it's a Glock 43. So it was like a smaller one for me to conceal. And then I could take my concealed carry because I wanted to be able to like go to the store and leave the store with it at night. And like, you know, because you hear all the stories of like, especially now with like all the sex trafficking and shit, like, you know, I'm small. Like someone could easily like take me away. And you hear those stories about parking lots and leaving stores at night and whatever. And I wanted to be able to come back into my home and have that. So like you know, I wasn't just like walking in and then like that guy being back in here or something like I wanted to be prepared. So I went and got my CCW. um, So I still have my concealed carry. And that was really cool because like, I showed up to that class. And um, all the guys in there, you know, there's like so many macho like gun owners that are in there like talking about all the guns they have and just acting like they're like Clint Eastwood and just can like, I don't know, or like John Wayne from like the Wild West, like just sharpshooter. <laughs> and I was the only one in the class that got 100% on the test, on the written test. And then I outshot all of them when we went to the range and had to do like the shooting portion of our exam. And I was, I was just like, oh, my God, if my dad could only see this. Like, first of all, he'd be terrified to see me with a firearm because I'm the clumsiest person ever. Um, so he'd be like, you have no business with that. But then he'd also be proud that like I outshot or outshot all the men and outscored all of them, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. People like to underestimate me. They see like this tiny little woman walk in Um, find out I'm like a makeup artist and think, oh, my God, here goes this girly girl. And then I showed up all these guys. So that was pretty, pretty tight. So yeah I did that and so it was just kind of one of those things you guys like when people ask me like why I didn't move it's like well why would I like I'm dealing with PTSD like when I came home it still took me a long time to adjust and like I said there's still things I deal with like I still keep a lot of lights on when I go to bed because I want it to look like I'm home even when I'm not like I don't want people to think oh that's a dark apartment like I should go break in there like I like to show signs of life always. Um my porch light's always on, always always. Um and then I realized that I was doing little things like even when I moved back home, I slept with the lights on for a long time. Even in my bedroom, I would sleep with the lights on. Um I have these big laundry baskets and I just learned to like live out of those. Um I kept them full all the time because I would use them to block my bedroom door. Um, Even though I like had bought a lock and like put a lock on my door it's like I and like I thought that that was normal like I slept with my lights on and like basically barricades at my bedroom door because I was so terrified and like I lived like that thinking that that was normal. But I was so determined to be like, no, this is my home. I'm not letting this monster run me out of my home and take this away from me. Like, I love it here. Like, I was so proud to, like, be on my own and have my own place and my own spot. I always wanted that. And it's like, I'll be damned if I'm going to let this guy come in and rob me of that. Like, take my gift cards, take my bank card, like, take that ship. You're not taking this from me. Like. And then at that point, like, my neighbors all had eyes and ears on me. And, you know, that cop was patrolling extra. They had extra surveillance in this area at that time because of what had happened. And it's like, at that point, I felt like I was in the safest place that I could be because I had people watching out for me. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, sorry to break this false sense of security for you guys, but, you know, crime can happen anywhere. Like, I was – I live in a safe area in northern Kentucky. I don't live, like, in a dangerous area. And I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, I'm going to – Move to another neighborhood and another complex where I'm not familiar with the sounds. I'm not familiar with the people. Like, it could happen there, too. And then I'm going to be twice as jumpy because I'm looking over my shoulder with all these people that I don't recognize. You know, it just seemed like a silly thing to do at the time. So basically what I want to do by sharing this story with you guys is to just make you aware that this stuff can happen. And I'm not meaning that to be like scary, but here's the thing. When you're growing up, there's fire drills, there's tornado drills, there's lockdown drills. You know what to do when you're at home with your parents and there's a fire, you know, what to do, all the things. And we practice them like crazy. And but like when was the last time that someone taught you what to do if someone breaks into your home? If you were taught that, I clearly missed the memo because these are not things that I was uh, keen on until I had this happen to me and I had to educate myself. So I just wanted to give you some safety tips, (laughs) especially if you are, like this is good for everyone, but especially if you're a female that lives on your own, you need to do these like yesterday. Okay, so tip number one is a security system. So no matter what your budget, this is still something that you can do. So like if you have a home, obviously like the ideal one is to have like a a professional one installed that would um, alert like uh, first responders if something were to happen. But you can also get um, a system, it's called Ring. That's really popular and really affordable and it's really cool. My mom used to have one when she was still living at um, the house um, that you could like put, it was like, hers was like tucked away up on the porch where no one could see it, but then it's like attached to your phone in the sense, like if there's something going on or if there's someone at your door or if it's like, you know, there's motion detecting, like you can see it from your phone. Um, and what was really cool too is like my sister could also, like she was also added to that. So like she, cause she lived close to my mom, so she could kind of keep an eye on her, um, I swear that wasn't a fart if you heard that, I'm sitting in a leather chair <laughs> and I'm just like moving around getting situated. I have not gotten to the point where I know how to edit things so I'm just leaving all of this in here like hello welcome to your are a knockout. <laughs> What was I even saying? Oh, my sister was able to like kind of keep an eye on my mom because she was um, added to like that ring system somehow, too. So that's something that you could think of or keep in mind. What I ended up doing was getting and these are super inexpensive guys and inexpensive guys like if you're balling on a budget right now this is going to work for you so there's these things they're just little door alarms you can get them at home depot you can get them on amazon you can find them like at any hardware store i'm sure but basically they work like um basically like command strips so there's just like a little adhesive that you stick one part of it um like half of it on your door and then there's a little part that goes on your door frame and then when you switch them on so like before I go to bed I'll switch them on and um if your door breaks even just the tiniest little bit like basically just opens just a tiny little bit like the most piercing alarm goes off um and it doesn't like trigger like a first response like to like um 911 or anything like that um but basically the point is is that like someone that's breaking in, doesn't know that. Like they just hear an alarm and it's going to scare them off and it's going to wake you up and whatever. Take a drink. (laughs) Um, And they're super inexpensive. So I think they were like $15 when I got them. Um, And you got two. So I had one for my front door, one for my back door. So both of my doors. You can also get them for your windows, which I also recommend. Um, And then I also added deadbolt. So I have like another, like a big... (laughs) like big mean deadbolt on my back door like no one's getting in and if they do somehow like manage to like break that door then the alarm's gonna sound and then I also added a lock to my bedroom door now and then if they manage to get through all of that then they're gonna be met with my rescue dog that I have now Tyson who's like the biggest sweet baby in the whole world yes he is looking at me (laughs) heard me talking about him But he will also rip your face off if you touch me. So I sleep very soundly. And if they get past Tyson, well, then they can befriend my Glock 43, which I would hope that it wouldn't come to that. But, hey, you know, make my day and all of that. Um, (laughs) You guys are probably going to hate me by the end of this podcast. It's going to be like, you know, she was really cool and inspiring on episode one. And then the second one, like she was like talking about like intruders and how to – you know, take it to them. And now we just really, we, we don't know about her. She might be a little mentally unfit. So (laughs) it's fine. You guys, I promise I'm not a psychopath. I just want to empower you. It's the whole point of this podcast is like real shit in life is going to happen or can happen. And it's so important to be like cognizant of this and like be proactive in your safety and be aware of these things, even though it's scary, like knowledge is truly power. Um, Yeah. So, um, oh, there's also this safety feature. So like get those door alarms. So that's really important. Um, if you're not a fan of firearms, I totally understand That's this isn't me like trying to push that on you. This is just what works for me and what makes me feel safe. Um, but you can get pepper spray. So I also carry that on my key ring. Um, you can get that on Amazon. Um, I'm sure you can get that at like gun shops and stuff too. Like I'm sure they have pepper spray there. Um, So that's always good to have, especially on a night out with your girls, you know, you're walking to your car or something, have that in your hand ready to go. Um, Yeah, and then also let people know, like if you valet, let them know that that's not a flashlight. Mine looks like a flashlight and I had a poor valet man accidentally light his whole world ablaze by accidentally spraying it into his hands. (laughs) <laughs> I came to get my car and this guy apologized to me like hey just in case that mace is a little low um, one of the guys actually um, sprayed himself and I was like oh my god is he okay and they're like oh yeah you know he's fine like really down planet you know really trying to act like a macho man like no no he's fine but if it's a little low and I'm like I will not be able to tell if it's low and like that's like the least of my worries right now but like is he okay like this is like police grade like (laughs) pepper spray like is he okay and they're like oh yeah 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 and I'm like okay this guy somewhere is like crying like there is no way that he's just like oh that didn't bother me at all But yeah, also make sure to let people know that that's not a toy. And yeah, if you're valeting your car, let them know what that is. Also take that off before you go to the airport. Um, Just another tip also, but there's another thing. um, It's been years since I looked into this, but like I'm sure if you have an iPhone, you've seen the new safety feature that if you like press on that um, button on the top right, that, like, can power off your phone or, like, the screenshot button, whatever. If you click that twice, um, it does, like, an emergency SOS call. Um, So with that, so the days of landlines, which virtually none of us have anymore, if you were, say, on a 911 call and then dropped the call, they'd be able to trace where that call came from and still, like, you know, come wherever you are to your rescue. Now, with mobile devices, obviously that's really not a thing or it would take longer potentially um, for them to find out where you are and it could be too late by then. So I need you to go into your settings and there's a place where you can go under like, I think it's like an emergency contact or something now and you can put like your personal information there and you might even be able to put an emergency contact now. I don't know. It's been a while since I've looked, so don't like quote me on that, but basically you can do that. So like if you were in, Um, like on an emergency call and God forbid something were to happen to you during that call and you drop the call and they lost you they'd be able to find you so that's really something that's important to do because that was another thing that was really um, racing through my mind during that call because I'm like oh shit what if this guy comes in and attacks me and I drop the call and they don't know where I'm at like or how to get to me Um, so make sure to do that Um, but those are my safety tips, you guys. I hope this was helpful. I hope this never happens to you, but I hope in the case that something would, that this would help prepare you or someone you love, like spread the word, like tell your friends, tell your girls, tell your family that they need to like protect themselves. I mean, better safe than sorry. My dad used to tell me the craziest stories. Like he grew up in like a really bad part of town. He basically raised himself. He had a really rough childhood and He'd tell me some of the craziest stories and like, I just thought it was him just trying to um, scare the shit out of me (laughs) because I've been deemed the wild one in my family. I'm sure you're probably picking up on that now, but like really just for the sense of that, I'm like really, I'm like we talked about, I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm impulsive. I'm spontaneous. I'm going to go do all the things and be wild and fun and live all the life there is to live and my dad saw that probably and was just like oh my god like she's just gonna be reckless and so he told me a bunch of things to keep me safe and honestly that is the thing like I've always been like really street smart and like this still happened to me so like I just want to make sure that like people are educated on this stuff because it's the stuff that people don't talk about until it happens to them and I don't want it to happen to you so anyway that is my story um I hope you're not too freaked out I hope you're not too put off by me now. (laughs) I told you, man, we're just keeping it real blunt and authentic and real, real on this podcast. Take it or leave it, babes. Um, But I did kind of allude to a funny story. Well, not really a funny story, like a messed up story about um, a home invasion my parents had before I was born. So I figured I'd share that with you before I let this go, because this is a really long podcast now, I think. Um... So basically, and I might be telling the story wrong. I might like my mom agreed to be on this podcast, you guys. So when I interview her, I might have her tell the story from her perspective. This could be really interesting. But basically, all I know is that it was like I think they were my parents were sleeping in the living room because it was really hot. Um, I thought it was because my mom was pregnant with my sister. My sister was born in August, and she always talks about how hot that month was. So I feel like that's why, because like they felt like the breeze from the balcony, like with the sliding door open or whatever take another drink (laughs) um but um I can't remember exactly because I feel like my sister was like in her crib or something too but basically the meat of the story is my dad woke up in time to see a man like a silhouette of a man a little silhouette of a man I'm sorry I just couldn't let that go oh my god why are you guys still listening to this have you made it this far I love you and you deserve a medal. Um, but he saw a silhouette of this guy like standing on the balcony with like a knife in his hand. So my dad um, turns into Rambo, rips off the screen door, beats the shit out of this guy, knocks him onto the balcony below their balcony and then proceeds to continue to beat the hell out of this guy with the screen door. Um, this guy like fell through a picnic table that was on the lower balcony and then somehow, like, made it to the ground. I think he, like, broke his leg or his ankle or something, but then still managed to get away. And then um I just remember my dad telling the story of, like, the next day, like, the neighbor below them, I guess they'd been on vacation or something, and um he came knocking on my dad's door, my parents' door, all pissed off because of, like, their picnic table being ruined. And – um he was just like, yeah, you're a wild party last night. And my dad's like, what do you mean wild party? And he was like, yeah, you just had this wild party. And now my kids, you know, picnic tables all screwed up. And if you knew my dad, my dad is such like was such a melt when it came to kids. Like, oh, my God. Like, if anyone was trying to sell him anything door to door, like, mm, not having it, but, like, if it was a kid selling anything, they could be selling bugs, and he'd be like, yeah, I'll take a hundred, like, here's my money, because they'd just be so cute and sweet, and, like, just, like, their innocence, and I don't know, maybe the fact that he had a tough childhood, too, like, it was just, like, an extra soft spot for him, but, like, oh, my god, the little kids in the neighborhood would always, like, he was, like, a porch sitter, you know, so, like, they'd ride down on their bikes and be excited to talk to my dad and tell him little cute stories, and, you know, whatever, take another shot, I guess, um, but, so, like, my dad just, like, loved little kids, so the second that he heard that, like, a little kid's, like, picnic table, like, was smashed in because of, like, the, you know, crazy man on the balcony, my dad felt so bad, he was, like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, I'll fix it, I'm so sorry, like, um, but I didn't have a wild party like and he told him like what had actually happened because I guess like the landlord of the apartment complex had lied to this guy to like <laughs> pass it off as a wild party so I guess he wouldn't get scared and move or something but that's what had really happened and um yeah so ever since that I'd obviously <laughs> been terrified that that would happen and then I spoken into existence or somehow it came to fruition which was a treat it was a tasty treat of a time um but that also reminds me oh my god yeah so like I had never known that to happen to anybody else and then there was a time I'll make this super quick you guys I promise but um there was another time so like my dad got hurt at work when I was really young so he hadn't worked like he didn't work since I was like seven or something so like my mom would work during the day and then my dad would be home with us during the day which was really cool because like um, he would see us off to the bus stop um he'd be there home with us during the summer, so like we were never alone or like had to be like at a babysitter's or whatever. take another drink. My God, are you guys just hammered drunk? <laughs> like I'm so sorry, I need to really stop that um so this particular day, I remember being home during the summer with my dad, and he would always leave the house like wide open like the big doors would be open just be like the screen doors there and the windows all open in the house just to like let the breeze blow through the house and just keep it open on like a nice spring or summer day. And I remember I was about to jump in the shower and my dad was going to go in and I was just like, "Oh, okay, never mind." He's like, "Oh, no, go ahead, you can get in." And uh so I remember coming out of the shower and ha- hearing a bunch of yelling and I had to turn this fan off um to hear what was going on and then i remember coming downstairs and essentially what had happened is some dude had come like door to door it was like a like a bunch of guys in like an unmarked van and they were going door to door because most burglaries like or break-ins happen during the day when people are at work and so they were like coming door to door pretending to be selling something and then um like trying to get into the house or like checking to see if front doors were unlocked or whatever so this guy tried to sell something to my dad you know quote unquote sell she really wasn't obviously and when my dad said no thank you like I guess he didn't take no for an answer and tried to come into the house so then my dad came <laughs> barreling through the door again and just like had to get this guy off of our porch and like guess he got into the van and like went away and my dad called the cops and next thing you know like my dare officer like those who went to Harrison remember officer Jenkins yeah suddenly he's in my kitchen questioning me about what's going on talking to my dad and I'm thinking oh my god like there's these crazy dudes out breaking in the houses and now my dad's about to go downtown and get locked in the slammer and I'm gonna be home alone with these crazy dudes on the loose but obviously he wasn't in trouble but what a wild time. And then I remember being so scared and like shook from that because in the house that I grew up in, when you were standing on our front door, if you could like look inside, um, our living room and our family room were separated like just by like these like like just to, like a half a level. And it was just like these spindles there where you could see down into the family room, which where which was where I was watching TV um, when my dad wasn't like going to take a shower So I remember telling him, like, oh, my God, Dad, like, if that guy, like, if you would have been in the shower first and you wouldn't have let me get in the shower before you, like, that guy would have been at the door and he would have just seen me sitting on the couch and he would have been able to just come right in and, like, attack me or whatever. And uh, I was like, what would have happened then? And my dad was like, I'll never forget him being like, uh, I'll tell you what would have happened. You would have seen my bare ass running down the steps after this guy. (laughs) I just remember that, him saying that. And the thought of seeing my dad naked just totally snapped me out of it. And I thought, I remember thinking like, well, God, I don't know what's more terrifying. Like that guy potentially breaking in or like seeing my dad's bare ass. (laughs) And you know... The fact that someone broke in later in my life, I'm really glad that that didn't happen because those two things is just too much for one lifetime. Like seeing my dad naked and also having a home invasion, like seeing your dad naked alone, like that's just too much. Like no one should have to experience that. And I'm really glad that I didn't have to. <laughs> oh my God. What does this podcast become? I don't even know how to wrap this up, you guys. Honestly. But, um, yeah, you guys wanted to hear this story. Those are my you got you got a three for one deal today. Three crazy stories in one. Welcome to my insane little life. Um, Stay safe out there. Go get your door alarms. And um, yeah, if you've had some crazy stories like this happen, though, like I don't know anyone that's had this happen to them, like a break in or anything like that outside of my family. So like if you've got some crazy stories like DM me at Knockout Cincy with a Y, C-I-N-C-Y. Um, tell me your stories. If you have questions about like this, um, like safety stuff with these door alarms and stuff, um, let me know. Slide them in my DMs. I'll help you out point you in the right direction but like seriously guys knowledge is power and um stay safe and just be aware of your surroundings and um be proactive but yeah that's all I got for today I feel like this is like three hours long thanks for hanging out um you're a knockout you're a badass keep on keeping on and um I'll catch you guys next time (laughs) bye